You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. All right, let me get into my message. If you are from a multi-child family, whatever position you are in the family, whether you're a parent of a multi-child family, whether you're a sibling within that, whether you're the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, however many children there are in your house, if you're from a multi-sibling family, you will know that every sibling's favorite activity is to do the very thing that annoys their other sibling the most. Am I right? I think I'm right. I can remember when our youngest son, Rocky, was only two years old, and our oldest son was five, and two-year-old Rocky had worked out how to turn the television on and off, while our older son could not figure it out for the life of him. They just have very different brains. And uh, Rocky would stand at the TV at two years old, and he would turn the TV off while Judah was trying to watch it, and then he would giggle his little heart out as he would be so amused because Judah would have then, of course, yell out, Mom, Rocky's turned the TV off and he couldn't figure out how to get it back on again. And Rocky would stand there for a good 10 minutes turning the TV on and off and on and off and giggling with glee and delight. It was a joyous game for one and torture for the other. What is it about That kind of activity, what is it that is so satisfying about provoking your sibling to the point of reaction? It just creates so much joy and chaos in a household. And yet, the Bible actually speaks of a different kind of provoking that we are called to. I found it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. It says, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love, love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. I find it very interesting that the word used in this passage is the word provoke. It would seem to me that this author is urging us to persistently consistently and even to the point of annoyance, encourage one another. And that is actually what I want to talk to us about today. On Mother's Day or actually any other day, I want to talk to us about the idea of encouragement, of being an encouragement to one another and what that does in our lives as we provoke the best out of each other And as we provoke each other to the point of growth and life and hope and fulfillment and purpose, as good siblings in a house should do, right? Because we could probably all describe what a world is like that when we have lived in a world that is void of encouragement. We know if you live in a world or an environment that is voiding of encouragement, here's what you know. And whether this is in a home, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's even among a friend group, here's what you know. You know in a world void of encouragement that you will second guess everything you do because there's just no reassurance that you're doing okay. In a world void of encouragement, you limit your dreams to stuff you know you can do without failure. Because often you develop a fear of failure or a fear of making mistakes. 
In a world that's void of encouragement, you're constantly looking to people, to man, for approval. Someone, anyone, if someone could just tell me that I'm doing a good job. Often in a world that's void of encouragement, you begin to lack belief in yourself. You question others' belief in you. Uh, You even question God's grace for you to do what he's called you to do. And in a world void of encouragement, so often your growth is limited because you have not yet experienced the kind of feedback that lovingly helps you step up and grow and be shaped and be molded and learn more and more in a gentle environment. So if we all know what it looks like to grow up in a world that's void of encouragement at times and in different seasons, then what does biblical encouragement look like? Well, I want to look at it today from three different perspectives. Number one, biblical encouragement, it strengthens. It strengthens. Acts 14 verse 21 says, After preaching the good news in Derbe and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Poseidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Here's the thing. Many times in our life or in our walk with the Lord, we are called to step into something that's difficult, it's hard, and it often feels very weighty. That's life, isn't it? Life is filled with difficulties. It's filled with hardship. It's filled with stuff that feels heavy to carry. And strength is what we need to step out and step into something that's hard and that's heavy. And here's what encouragement does. Encouragement from someone gives you the strength you need as you take that step into that heavy or weighty thing that you are called to. Strength to stand under the load. And we all need that, don't we? We all need strength to stand over heavy stuff. You might be in a season right now and it's hard going. It's tough. Man, there's just just this weight on you. Encouragement gives you strength to carry on. Someone in your life telling you, you've got this. I believe in you. God's got you. Strength to continue to stand under the weight of difficulty. Encouragement enables someone to keep going. This is about encouraging people to keep going, keep on going in seasons. Don't give up. Encouragement gives someone the ability and the encouragement to persevere, to be able to endure in those difficult seasons. Encouragement is like the refuel station in a, in a marathon or a half marathon or a race, isn't it? I've done a few half marathons in my time, poorly, but I finished them. Uh, and every six or so kilometers along the race, there's a station. There's a table where there's people with water and Powerade and oranges. I've never been so thankful for oranges in all my life than when I reached a refuel station. And you know what else there is? There's people. There's people saying, come on, you're doing great. Come on, not far to go now. You're doing awesome. You're nearly there. Keep on going. And I have to tell you that as you're running that race and as you're getting more tired and as it feels more exhausting and as you're beginning to doubt and your mind is saying, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Why did you choose to do this? What is fueling you along, what is getting you to keep going is the knowledge that there's a refuel station just around the corner and if I could just get there, I know I'll get what I need. And then once you've hit the refuel station, that moment, that time, 
the water, the, the parade, the oranges, and the people are what keeps you going. It gives you what you need to go another leg of the journey. And I wonder if you and I could be people that provide a place of refuel, a place of encouragement for one another. And that maybe our words could strengthen one another. Imagine that. Imagine if our words could strengthen one another to keep going, to not give up, to stand up under that weight that often feels like it's too much. Encouragement, it strengthens. Here's the second thing that encouragement does. Encouragement, it edifies. It edifies. I'm going to explain what that funny word means now. Uh, Romans 15 verse 2 says this. It says, we should help one another to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. We should help one another to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. We've got a, edification is about building others up. And when I say building up, I don't mean puff up. I don't mean puff up. Because I want to challenge the Kiwi mindset here. You know, we've got that tall poppy thing. That tall poppy thing that says, oh, if you encourage someone, then, you know, they'll, they'll get a bit prideful. And, you know, tall poppy syndrome is that whole cutting someone down thing instead of building them up because we're worried that our build-up will become a puff-up. But edification is not a puffing up. It's an enlarging of someone's inner man so that they can grow. That's what edification is about. Edification is about growth. And encouragement doesn't puff up, it grows up. Edification is encouragement that leads to a growth in somebody, a growing them to be bigger, a growing them to be better, a growing them to be more Christ-like, to, to develop more, to grow more, to see more, to step into more of what God has for them. This encouragement isn't just about saying, oh, you're so awesome. No, actually, encouragement is about saying, I really believe in you. Like, I really believe that God has placed something on your life. And I really believe that actually there's more potential in you and that God wants to do more with you and that you can do more in your life with all that God has given you. I believe that God has actually graced you. He's given you everything you need to do, all he's calling you to do. That's what encouragement for edification is. Edification is different to flattery because it, edification is encouraging words that provide growth and change in someone's life. Edification is different to criticism where harsh words can squash someone or cause them to draw back out of fear. Edification is encouragement that leads to growth. If you've watched any form of car rallying, which as you can imagine, I've watched heaps of. No, I haven't really. I've watched a few times every time it's on, maybe sometimes. Anyway, but here's what I do know about car rallying, you know, race car driving is that I've noticed that there's always a co-driver. There's always someone sitting in the passenger seat. And the co-driver is the navigator of the rally car who sits in the front passenger seat and their job is to navigate. They are communicating to the driver what lies ahead, where to turn, the severity of the turn, the obstacles that they need to look out for, and I've also noticed that because in a race car situation, I would imagine, and from what I see on the telly, it's real loud, so they can't hear each other talking. It's not like when you're navigating your husband, although I wonder sometimes if he can hear me. No, I won't go into that. <laughs> We've got some navigation stories, I tell you. Anyway, 
Uh, it's so noisy that often they're using their hands, eh? Like they use their hands to navigate and they're just like a little steer there and a little steer there and they're just steering them. They're just correcting them. They're just showing them the way. Can I tell you that we all need driver, co-drivers in our lives? We all need co-drivers, not backseat drivers, but co-drivers, co-drivers in our lives who will sit in the passenger seat and help us navigate our way through. And encouragement that edifies are those gracious and kind words of correction and steering that are going to take you to the places that God needs you to be in order for you to fulfill all that he has for you. You and I need to be co-drivers for each other. Proverbs 25, 12 says a wise correction to a receptive ear is like a gold ring, an ornament of gold. It's valuable. It's weighty. Man, it's precious. And I wonder if you and I could be people whose kind encouragement to each other could be edifying to one another, building each other up. Encouragement, it edifies. Here's the third thing that that encouragement does. It is prophetic in nature. Encouragement is prophetic in nature. Encouragement helps people to see what God sees. It stirs faith in someone. When you've got someone speaking encouragement over your life, man, it puts belief in you that will help you to begin to see yourself in the way that God sees you. Because sometimes we struggle with that, don't we? Part of the prophetic is the proclamation of God's word. And there have been many times in my life where I have been so thankful for the people that have reminded me of God's calling and God's word over my life. Because encouragement is so much more powerful when it is partnered and coupled with God's word. Because then it's not just about what I think. It's about God's word for them too. Someone believing, someone speaking, reminding me of his God's word, believing God's word for God's word to come to pass, reminding me of his promises over my life, of his blessings in my life. What if someone could remind you of God's love for you and his grace for you and his faithfulness and his provision over your life? See, many times encouragement is not just calling out what you see in someone's life, It's calling out what God sees. It's reminding people of what God sees in them. Encouragement is prophetic in nature because it doesn't just speak to the now, but it speaks to the what could be. It speaks to the what could be because perhaps right now you might be feeling hopelessness in your life. But could I be a voice of encouragement to you right now and remind you of God's word that says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope and power of the Holy Spirit. That's found in Romans 15 verse 13. And I want maybe right now, all you see is life without purpose. But I wonder if I could be a voice of encouragement into your life right now, you online, if I could be a voice of encouragement that reminds you that God's word says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans that will uh, prosper you and not harm you. Plans that are for your future and for a hope. Perhaps right now, what you're experiencing, what you're seeing in your life is pain. Maybe you've, you've, you're walking through a really difficult season, but I wonder if I could be 
a voice of encouragement into your life right now. And if I could remind you of God's word for you, that in Isaiah says, so do not fear for I am with you. Don't be dismayed for I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you. I'm gonna help you through this season. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Perhaps right now, all you see are your mistakes. But could I be a voice of encouragement to you in your life right now and remind you that therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The Lord said, the old things have passed away. Behold, then all new things are becoming new. You are a new creation in Christ, says 2 Corinthians 5.17. Encouragement is prophetic in nature. And I wonder if you and I could begin to encourage one another with God's word that will enable them to step up into all that he has for them. I'm going to ask the band to come and join me now. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. I'm so thankful to be part of a church that is so encouraging to me as I have grown in this house. I've heard Steve say this. He says, to encourage someone is to put courage in them. I like that. It puts courage in them. Courage to dream bigger, further, wider. Courage to grow to make mistakes, yes, to fail, yes, but to grow. Courage to take a step and another step. When you've got someone encouraging you, man, that puts courage enough in you that you can take a step even when it's scary, isn't it? And courage to persevere and to keep going and to never, ever give up. You know, as I was looking through uh, scriptures, as I was preparing for this message, I actually wrote out all of the encouraging paragraphs that I found in, in, the, in the letters of the New Testament to the churches. And man, that was a powerful exercise. I wrote them all out and then I read them. To the church in Ephesus, Paul wrote, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. He says again to them in chapter three, he says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. To the church in Philippi, he writes, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news from Christ from the time you first heard until now. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until final, it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a very special place in my heart. Wow. To the Colossian church, Paul writes this. He says, I've not stopped praying for you. From the first time I heard about you, I haven't stopped praying for you. To the church in Thessalonica, he says, as, I, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds. He's encouraging them. Your, the enduring hope because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and he's chosen you to be his own people. He continues in verse 11, he says, so we'll keep on praying for you, asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Here's what he wrote to Timothy, he says, Timothy, I thank God for you, 
The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. To Philemon, he says, I always thank God for you when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. Wow. Like, wow, what a person might become when they're surrounded by encouragement like Paul brought. So incredible. I want to become an encourager like Paul. Like, I want to be able to bring that kind of encouragement to everyone. And, and, and I, when I asked myself that question, how can I be an encourager like Paul, I kind of saw a pattern that he was following, and he develops a pattern that we can employ too. And the first thing is this, thank God for them and tell them so. I want to encourage you today to thank God for the people he has placed around you and tell them, your kids, your parents, your mum, <laughs> your employees, your employers, your friends, your mentors. So you know what? Man, I just thank God for you and everything you bring into my life and the way that you encouraged me and the way that you did this. And I just love, I'm so thankful for you. Tell them. Number two, here's what he so often did. Point out evidence of God at work in them. Point out evidence of God at work. Why don't you tell somebody today, man, I so see God in you when you do this. And man, I so see the grace of God in your life when you say that, or when you do this. And man, I've seen you grow in the Lord. Man, I've seen you, you, you do this and you do that, and God's just doing this through you. Man, what an encouragement to somebody that might be. Here's the third thing he does. He reminds them of God's word. Remind them of God's word. Perhaps you could share a biblical truth that would speak right into somebody's situation. How much would that situation or that person be encouraged by the word of the Lord over their life? And lastly, pray for them. Pray for them. And just like number one, tell them so. Tell them so. Who is God calling you to pray for today? When you think of those you lead, when you think of those you follow, when you think of those you work with, when you think of those you live with, will you pray for them? And even more importantly, will you tell them? Hey, I just, I want you to know I'm praying for you today. I want you to know that I've been thinking about you and, and I'm praying for you today. As you do this, as you do that, as you go about your day, I want you to know that I'm standing with you and I'm praying and I'm believing this with you today. Man, what an encouragement to somebody that would be. Do you know why I ummed and ahed about the title of this message, which seems silly to you, but its details are important to me. I ummed and ahed about the title of this message and in the end, I simply chose to call it one word, encourage. Because at the end of, the war, at the end of it all, that's all I want you to do, just encourage. That's the whole point of today. I just want you to encourage. I want, I want to be a person who's known for my encouragement. And, and, I want, and I love that I'm part of a church and I believe that we can become more and more of a church that, is a, that we just encourage one another. That as siblings growing up in a house together, we could provoke one another to grow, to, to love one another. Man, what a thing it is. Can I also encourage you as well that even if you have not come from encouragement, doesn't stop you from establishing encouragement in your home, 
in your workplace, in your friend circle, you could be the one to determine, I may not have been raised in an encouraging home, but I'm going to build an encouraging home. Maybe you could be the one who says, in my workplace, I may not work in a place that is an encouraging space, but I'm going to bring encouragement to every space that I come into. Let's just encourage. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we thank you that you are our encourager. Lord, that you build us up and that your word, it speaks life over us. And I just pray that you would help each and every one of us to be able to be people that speaks courage into others. Help me, Lord. Help me to be somebody who speaks courage and life and hope over other people. God, make us into a community of people that helps one another grow, that draws out the best in each other, that provokes each other to love one another. And Lord, I pray over every person today who's maybe come from an environment that has not been encouraging. Lord, I pray that, that you would help us as a church family to be a people who would draw together, who would do life together, who would encourage each other and just, Lord, be able to, to bring life to those people around us. God, give us the right words. Help us to have a heart for prayer and help us to see people, see what you see in people. Help us to see the best in each other, O oh Lord, that we could call it out and draw it out of one another. God, open our eyes to ways that we can be encouragement to each other. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to do one more thing uh, today. Maybe you've uh, come to church today, perhaps you're visiting, maybe mum dragged you along. We're glad you're here. Uh, maybe you've been coming for a little while now, but you've never made a decision to know God. And I want to give you an invitation right now, and I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm inviting every single person in this room to pray this prayer with me. This, um, this prayer is simply an invitation to say, God, I receive what you did on the cross. I accept your forgiveness in my life, and I want to start a life with you because God loves you. And he made you. He created you. He's got a plan, and he's got a purpose for your life. And part of that plan is actually to walk in relationship with him. But our sin, our mistakes, it separates us from God. But God didn't want it to be that way, and so in his mercy and grace, he sent his son Jesus to live a sinless life on earth and then die a sinner's death, taking on the debt that you and I were due for our sin, which is death, and he paid that ultimate price, death on a cross, so that you and I could have forgiveness and new life today and in eternity. And as I pray this prayer, I'm encouraging every single person to pray it along with me. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. I choose forgiveness today. I give my life to you now. I turn from my old way of life and I turn to you. Thank you that you have made me brand new. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for me. In Jesus' name.
with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'd love to know who I prayed for today. Don't worry, I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come and stand down the front, nothing like that. I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand nice and high. I'll see it. I'll acknowledge it. You can chuck it straight back down again. I would just love to see who I prayed for today. You ready? One, two, three. You can lift your hand on the chat. Awesome, awesome. There's awesome. Thank you. Online, thank you, thank you. Online, you can push the button. It says, raise my hand. Thank you down the back. I can see you. Anybody else, you're saying, Bex, would you count me in? Up on the tiered setting. Awesome, awesome. Yes, thank you, thank you. Anybody else, you're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer? Thank you, yeah, I see you. Thank you, awesome, amazing, yes, thank you. Amazing, amazing, you can push that button online too. Awesome, come on, church, thank you, Lord, for every person that's prayed that prayer today. Lord, we're believing, God, for the plans and the purposes that you have for them. We stand with them, we celebrate them, And we say, thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in their life. Come on, church. Let's give God our praise today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.